Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And down the sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 41st episode of the podcast on October 3rd, 2013. Yeah, we've turned the corner here. 41 episodes. Um, Baseball playoffs are starting, as has the NHL regular season. We'll be talking about those things, especially once you hit the five-yard line in our red zone. Joel, how has your sports week been? Uh, pretty good. It's a good weekend. Nice little surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, lots of good games on this week. That that Georgia LSU game was fantastic. That was. Um, yeah, Georgia. Georgia going with the hardest schedule in the country. <laughs> They do have a tough one ahead of them, but you know they can they hang around in the SEC East, then they can you know get a chance at that national they, they championship. They definitely got if they the want hard to. part out of the way first. That's Jeez. that's for sure. Oof. Well, last week on the show we talked about you know NBA nickname jerseys and Arian Foster admitting to being paid at Tennessee while he was playing his college football days, but nothing's really developed on that front. You had the NHL regular season that started, so. You know, teams are at least, you know, one game in right now. Uh, it's going to be an exciting NHL season, but going to be a little longer than, you know, what we were used to last year. I mean, mm-hmm. you had half the half the season with the lockout, and it wasn't even, you know, a full half. It was a even a shortened half then. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's really good to have hockey back. It is nice. Um, always look forward to that. Especially, like, this year, just, like, you know, don't really know if I want to go to a Steelers game, but <laughs> definitely want to go to a Penguins game. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers having a rough go of things. But let's get started here in the red zone on Down the Sidelines where we talk about the three biggest sports stories in the past week. We're going to start over at USC. Now, USC has had their coach for a few years. Uh, they've had some ups, but it's mostly been rather disappointing. Mm-hmm. And huh. <laughs> so they've had some impressive wins this year. You know, they put together a good win against Boston College, Hawaii to start the year, but losing that heartbreaker at, at Washington or at home against Washington State. Then they went on the road to Arizona State, got blown out 62 to 41. Apparently, in the third quarter of the game, their uh, athletic director Pat Hayden made the decision to fire head coach Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, formerly an offensive coordinator at USC in the days of Carson Palmer and Reggie Bush. Then he went to the NFL with the Oakland Raiders and didn't have that much success there. Uh, he also had a stint at Tennessee as their head coach, but then he bailed on them about halfway through the year. And if you, I don't know, Joel, if you've read the article, I'm trying to remember where it was from. Uh, but there was an article that talked about uh, his time at Tennessee and an offensive line was giving kind of a summary of what happened there. 
And apparently he tried to bring all these USC traditions over to Tennessee and ignoring their traditions because it had worked at USC and, oh, whatever's been working here, you know, it's not working. So we're going to bring in our traditions from USC and try to mold it into what you guys do. And what people say about Lane Kiffin is that, you know, he's really personable, engaging, you know, smart football mind, but he's also a jerk. He treats people not that well. Mm-hmm. And when you lose, you're going to have people turn on you. And that's what happened here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, seems like, uh, who is it? Do you ever watch uh, Colin Cowherd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that guy was his biggest fan <laughs> out of, like, all the people out there. I, don't, I mean, like, you there know, I, many. I have uh, a few friends that go to USC, and uh, they, like, they just took it as it is. They they were kind of expecting it this year. Mm. So, um, I don't know. I guess it, you, you, you make the question, was that blowout loss, like, the last straw kind of thing since they made the decision during the game? Um, because at one point, like for your rivals, you know, wait yeah, for at your one point, games. at one point in that game, like it, I mean, they were doing well, they were doing all right. And at certain points in this season, their defense looked really good. Like, you know, kind of the old USC defenses we're used to. If anything is the offense that's been letting them down. Oh yeah, of course. And then, I mean, you talk about that last game, offense did fine. They just... I mean, the defense just looked awful mm-hmm. in that one. I'm, but really, that was the first point in the season. But now you're kind of, you know, you, you get an interim coach. You're, you're, what exactly are you saying about this season? That's the question I always think whenever you fire a coach so early in the year. And ha- almost halfway through, uh, it's that's a rough go. Yeah, like, I mean, you probably, like, you know, people are saying things about Mac Brown. Especially now that their athletic director at Texas is gone. Mm, yeah. Um, but, I mean, they'll probably finish out the season with him. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it gets to that point. Who knows? Maybe they turn things around. Maybe they somehow turn things around. But I, I don't know. I, I think you can compare those situations, but they're completely different. Mac Brown could probably, like, run for the Senate in Texas and win. You know, people like love him there, but I I don't know. I just think that, especially with uh, Lane's father, you know, mm-hmm. I think like the fact that he comes from like a really big football background probably helped him a lot with getting these jobs. You know, I I, I think at a certain point he's he kind of got in over his head mm. because. I, I, you know, most USC coaches are in over their heads because they kind of expect something there. And if things aren't doing, you know, things aren't going well, especially after you were, what, preseason number one? Last, last year, year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then things just fell apart. Y- you yeah. would think with the with everything that they have there, their facilities, the advantages they have in recruiting, especially being able to t- tell players, hey, we can get you in the NFL. That's a big recruiting thing. And it's been, uh, it's been tough considering he has done so less with more. Yeah. You know, sign of mean, a good coach is when you he, do more with less. It's he definitely the had good recruits when he came in there oh, yeah. too. So 
I don't I mean, know. The he, wheels were falling off the bus, and that's the bus that he was not allowed to get back on. Yeah, that was kind of... <laughs> uh, they, they surprised him out of nowhere on the flight back. And, you know, the, the plane lands, you know, the team bus is being loaded up. And he says, you know, wait for me, wait, you know, don't have the bus take off yet. They leave him at the terminal at LAX. Team his, bus his goes... His still on the bus. Yeah. I mean, you could have handled a little better than that, but, you know, there are some who I could tend to agree with that say, you know, it's karma for how you treated Tennessee and just mm-hmm. bolted in the middle of the season. He didn't get fired from Tennessee. He left. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we can, like, talk, we could talk all day about, you know, whether or not he was the right choice there. But, you know, now, especially what all the USC fans are thinking, who is the future coach going to be? And... That's a big job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of coaches who would jump at that job if they were offered immediately. The people who look like they're in great positions and have stayed at a place for a long time and you would never expect would go for that job. There are currently uh, rumors of Jack Del Rio, the current defensive coordinator for the Broncos mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, it's currently the, the biggest rumor floating out there. But yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Sarkeesian, who knows? Yeah, I guess. I think uh, he might be happy to continue to build up uh, Washington. But yeah, I did. W- did you hear the thing about uh, uh, Peterson? Mm, no. How he's uh, apparently they talked to someone close to them, and he's maybe looking for a change of scenery. I wouldn't blame him. I yeah, think he's done all he can at Boise State. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, and I don't know. I I think they're going to have their choice of a lot of teams i i don't know if they're going to get to i think that they might i don't know if they're going to aim for that usc guy kind of thing but mm. because i mean that worked out so well before but right <laughs> um i don't it just seems like i think sarkeesian that's a possibility mm. um but i mean he might want to stay there a little longer right it's a big know. gig. I mean, right now they have Ed Ogeron, who was a former Ole Miss uh, head coach. He has coaching experience at USC, so he's doing the interim gig there. It's a big, do- big job. So you know uh, who I was see. thinking? Who's that? The coach that just beat them. Huh? Because he does not like to stay in one place for a long time. Well, you never know. I mean, yeah, that's possible. But here on down the sidelines, we do like to make the play as far as the predictive element to the show in addition to our making the picks of the college football and pro football games. So make the play here, Joel. How many wins does USC end up with this year? I actually think they can get seven with that defense. Like, you know, sure they got, like, just torn apart in the last game, but up until that point they looked pretty good. we got to give Arizona State's offense some credit. Yeah. Because they're pretty good. I mean, you You'll you'll get to see that again when they play Notre Dame, um, but uh, I I'd say that you know and there's still talent on that offense. There's plenty of talent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just that when you, I think when you run into teams like Washington and Stanford and Oregon, like those kind of teams, I I really don't think they can compete mm-hmm. with them at all. Um, that there's and that's that's saying a lot because I think there's a lot of teams in the country that couldn't do that, mm-hmm. um, but there's still some teams on their schedule they could definitely beat, and 
the fact that they've already got those wins where it is they only need like you know i think they maybe best record probably eight wins so mm-hmm. yeah i see seven as well um i can see them beating utah oregon state and colorado and then they can yeah, like you said their defense and that would that would bring them to six like you said though their defense could probably steal them one win against you know the big yeah. you know just offensive only kind of teams uh arizona yeah, they don't have to play oregon so that yeah, arizona and cal um I think they take one from either of those. So seven. They don't have, they don't have to play Washington either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like Oregon State, Stanford, UCLA are going to be tough for them. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, what about the ten yard line story here? Oh yeah. Um, so something that you know, I guess we, they talked about when they were going into the year, and um, Josh Freeman, you know. Uh, had a lot of success when he started at uh, with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Schiano. What is what is his motto? I can't remember. Is it like saw and wood or something uh, like that? I don't know. Uh, what is it? I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah. So they they let him go. They're going to let him go, and uh, they you know they, of course you got to pay the money to him. They worked out some kind of deal at let's see six point two million, I believe. Um, and then I didn't get the real way, but didn't it, um, isn't it something like he's guaranteed money wherever he goes, if he ends up someplace else? That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. I think that cause it was like some kind of thing. I was looking at the contract earlier and it was like, yeah, there's some kind of extra thing where wherever he ends up, he gets an extra bonus on his salary or something like that. Mm. So I guess there's incentive for him to to go someplace else. Um, if a team will take them. Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing because you know, they, they, they talked to, they, they talked to all the other teams when they were trying, they're trying to trade him. That's what they were trying to do. And nobody, no, I guess nobody made an offer. Probably someone did. They just, an offer that wasn't really worth it. I anything. just don't think they want to pony up the cost for a former first round pick. Yeah. That, you know, from a few years ago. I th- I'd say the Bucks would probably, if there was an offer, they were probably asking too much for what teams think he's worth. Um, because I mean, I think there are a few teams that could probably he could probably compete for a starting job somewhere, but just right now, kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Well, part of what's going on right now is also Tampa Bay seems to have an issue with. You know, Shiano, their coach, and the coaching staff seems to be handling a lot of things not that well uh, in that locker room. They're not winning the locker room, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know Freeman didn't really buy on you know, to some of these things or if he just wasn't one of the preferred players. I mean, he was benched for a rookie, Mike Glennon, who was from NC State. Mm-hmm. And granted, he hadn't been playing that well, but... I don't think is enough to you know make an emergency move so early in the year. Yeah, there's probably more there than, mm-hmm. than people can see. You know, this lo- again locker room stuff and just probably leadership yeah. problems because what he wasn't named team captain captain at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and he was up until then. Well, yeah, he had you know apparently might have missed some practices. There might have been some issues there where like he apparently like slept in for a big team meeting and that doesn't show his you know dedication to the team and all that 
I like his uh, picture here. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of probably how he. Just, oh man. Hmm. It's like when you get a picture taken and you have your eyes closed. I know that feel. <laughs> Let's make the play here. Will Josh Freeman start for another NFL team this season at quarterback? I don't think he will. I think this kind of you know throws up some red flags maybe, but at the same time, I, I could see it happening. Uh, there are teams in need of a quarterback. Hmm. And maybe some team at the end of the year is desperately want to give him a try. I think some team does pick does pick him up, but it's just a matter of you know finding is it the right you know fit for the team. So my gut is I'm going to go with no, and that's going to be that's tough for him. Yeah, considering the the pedigree he was coming out as. Uh, so I, I'm just going to go with no, but I do think some team will pick him up. He just won't get the chance to start this year. Yeah, um, yeah, probably not going to start. Um, I do find that in, that comment uh, from his former offensive coordinator, who's now with the Raiders, um, interesting. That that makes me kind of wonder, maybe the Raiders could pick him up if they need another quarterback. Now, what is that for those that are, are listening and can't see the article at the moment? Oh, uh, Greg Olson um, is the offensive coordinator. Or no, wait. Let's see. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach with Tampa Bay from 2008 to 2011, and now he's with the Raiders. Mm. So he was just talking about how he, you know, really was a big fan of him and liked him a lot. So, I mean, that's always a possibility. You know, I mean, sometimes that's how you get picked up. You just have connections with former players and coaches. Um. Yeah, I I, th- I think that he definitely gets picked up by some team because every team needs more quarterbacks somewhere. Right. <laughs> I've got some teams even have too many and they're just like throwing them everywhere, but um, juggling them. Uh, but I don't see him starting this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, in the five yard line, the story is that the baseball playoffs have begun for Major League Baseball. Actually, you know, had the wild card matchups, and Tampa Bay and Cleveland did end up uh, being in that wild card game, like we predicted. Uh, Tampa it's Bay fixed for us. <laughs> <laughs> One of the few things we've gotten right, yay! <laughs> now Tampa Bay did end up moving on. They're going to take on the Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. whereas the Detroit Tigers will be playing the Oakland Athletics. Uh, and then in the other wild card game. Pittsburgh Pirates hosted a playoff game. Yep. How about that? They had a blackout, I think is what they called it. They were spelling it really. It was like black ought or something like that. Oh, oh, oh I was, yeah. I was thinking That's... like a television blackout. Like oh, they, no. They blacked no. out the park. No, I heard the coverage today on TBS was really bad. Mm. But, um, like, uh, yeah, they, they did the other night and. Got good pitching and uh, pulled it out there in the, let's say it was the eighth inning. Yeah, being the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Big homers (laughs) from Russell Martin, the catcher. Um, Then, so Pittsburgh goes on and they play the St. Louis Cardinals in a division rival, uh, whereas the Los Angeles Dodgers play the Atlanta Braves. Now, game one already started uh, between the Cardinals and the Pirates in St. Louis. 
Uh, that did not go well. A.J. Burnett kind of blew up in the third inning and give up seven runs. You're not going to win playoff baseball in one inning. Mm-hmm. So they're already a game well, down there. But you will get another, uh, you know, an, AL, an NLDS home game in Pittsburgh. That's got to be exciting. Yeah. Um, Are you going to get tickets? Uh, I don't know. I was, like, trying to get tickets for the last one, and then I started... I don't know if it was because I started late or what, but the prices started getting a little outrageous mm. for me to, like, you know, consider it anymore. Justify it, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we can make our play here because it'll take some discussion. You know, thinking of how the the playoffs would break down, like, let's go kind of, you know, you know, round by round, match by match, uh, series by series. And the ultimate question that we're going to ask is who wins this year's World Series? Uh, I guess we can start in the AL. We can start with Boston and Tampa Bay. I like the Red Sox. Now, when they do lead the season series against the Rays 12-7, but it's going to come down to pitching. And I think Boston has their pitching right where they want it, plus they have the offense to boot. And when you play in Fenway, it gives you a pretty good advantage. Yeah. So I, and, you know, one of the best records in baseball. So I like the Red Sox in that one. Um. Yeah. I'm definitely leaning towards the Red Sox this year. Um, good pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, you have Detroit starting the series in Oakland. And this is a tough one because Oakland has had the Tigers' number. And there are some things that the Tigers are struggling with. They are a team, and I you know, speak as they're the local team, uh, that can get a lot of hits but not a lot of runs. Plus, you have an injured Miguel Cabrera, and that's so unfortunate. We're talking about his possible, you know, chances of repeating the Triple Crown, you know, several episodes ago, and he just has abdomen injuries and groin injuries. He is so not at 100%. Guy can't even run, really. Mm -hmm. So, I could see the A's upsetting the Tigers in five. Hmm. Um, I know the Tigers do have the pitching, and usually that does make a difference in the playoffs, but Oakland has power. And I don't see the, the Tigers scratching enough runs across the board to move on. Even though yeah, I know we picked them to win the World Series. You know, so you know, that was at the beginning of the year and things change. Yeah, I don't know. Like even just <laughs> the other day, like I was watching I was watching that game and just like even just if you watch the commercials for the A's, because mm-hmm. like what you know, talking about their winning their division, and everything like you could just tell like they look so much better than than what I expected. Um, and uh, I don't know. It seems like every game I've watched them play this year just kind of beat down people. Mm-hmm. Um, just really driving the ball out. Um. Yeah, I like them too. Yeah, and then I'll take Oakland over Boston. Actually, I'm big on the A's this year. I, I'm just yeah, like like you said, I'm impressed when I, I watch them. And I think once you get past the Tigers, I, Boston's kind of up there, a really similar team as well. Um, so I think you kind of continue with that kind of trend mm-hmm. there. I'll have I have Oakland coming out of the AL. Same here. What's going on? Uh, um, 
not too surprising. I think last year we were kind of similar up to that point. Actually, mm-hmm. we, well, I think we almost picked the same matchup. Or did we? I, I think we remember. did. I think we both had Detroit beating the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Yep. In the NL, uh, I you know give your Pirates kudos for making it this far, but I think the Cardinals just have the better overall team. And it'll be a good learning experience for that Pirates ball club. Oh, but yeah. I think, you know, to, to go on the road and start there and to struggle back, I mean, the guy can, you know, continue to grow their pitching staff. It's, you know, at a good point right now, but I think the Cardinals just have more playoff experience. I'll leave them in that series. Yeah, um, I think I think the Pirates could at least steal a game. <laughs> um, you know, that'd be nice to get at least like get a win, maybe in front of the home crowd or something like that. But um, you know, this is the their first time in a long time, and Cardinals have done it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they're they're clearly the better overall ball club. So, uh, I'll take them in maybe in five, I guess. Yeah. Uh, on the other series, Atlanta and Dodgers, Atlanta started really hot and they've kind of struggled a bit down the stretch. And I think the Dodgers, the Dodgers pitching staff, that's, that's something else too. I think that's a team that's running on, you know, full cylinders and they're, I think they're going to go far. Yeah, I I think this is to me like I definitely think probably in four I take the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they they're just that much better in Atlanta this mm-hmm. time, especially at this point in the season. Yeah, and I think when you compare Los Angeles to St. Louis, I like the Dodgers. Uh, why? I just think of the pitching staff, honestly. You have Clayton Kershaw, who's he's got to be the NL Cy Young winner this year. Uh, and then you back it up with Granke. As well. If that's your number two, uh, that's pretty impressive. And I got, when I think of the Cardinals pitching <laughs> staff and Adam Wainwright is your ace, <laughs> I'm not sold on Adam Wainwright as an ace. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't take a Dodgers as well. I think it, I think they could go uh, maybe to five, mm-hmm. six, maybe, maybe five. We'll go with five. Yeah. Then when it goes to the World Series, I'll take the Dodgers over the A's in six. What the Dodgers did this year uh, is pretty incredible with the streak they put together. Or what they were. It was like out of fifty games, they were. They'd only lost like four or five. Yeah, that was. It was something remarkable. The stretch they pulled together, and I think they're they're still a good enough team to, you know, really make some some headway in the playoffs. I'd like to see a Tigers Dodgers World Series, mm-hmm. but I have too many concerns about my hometown team. Plus, a bullpen that's not that great. Yay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I'd say Dodgers in seven. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Sounds like TV ratings. 
Yeah, for California. Is, exactly. <laughs> Everyone else is going to be like, what else is on? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, get to get people watching, I think, because, um, you know, outside of like regular baseball fans, I think it's going to be harder to draw interest for that. Um, yeah. Sounds about I wonder, right. I'm wondering, like, what do you think about, like, MVP, though? In World Series. Mm. If Hanley Ramirez keeps up the torrid pace he's hitting at, mm-hmm. I think he's got a shot. That sounds good. I like that. But, you know, playoff baseball is a tricky thing. A lot can happen, and baseball is just a bizarre game in itself where it can change momentum on a dime. Yeah. Let's burn through the replay here before we get to the quick pick six. Uh, we start college football the week in recap. Uh, Oklahoma State went to West Virginia. Your Mountaineers were underdogs by 18 points, and they pulled out the win. That was a hell of a fourth quarter. How? What was it like being there? Uh, well, uh, there was like ringing in my ears for, I want to say like, least five hours after the game and i lost my voice mm. so it's um, a good day and, and i made it on television um go. so yeah um good seats nice and loud lots of people wear gold it was supposed to be like a gold rush um and it was fun i mean you know, it, it's nice to see them you know recover after after going to maryland just getting wiped so packed, out yeah well, it was the uh, defense that really, you know, helped, you know, hung it was, there. It was and, really the defense. I mean, uh, probably one of the better goal line stands I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oklahoma State special teams, that, that was just awful. Kicking game was awful. Oh, goodness. Um, Hitting that upright in the fourth quarter, that was... That that pretty point. much, I'd say, ended the game mm-hmm. <laughs> right there. Um, but yeah, and then, um, I you know, I, I played football with Triggett's older brother. And... Uh, it was nice to see him out there. Oh, he you got know, making injured plays. his shoulder. Yeah. He was battling back. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a very, um, I don't know, like gunslinger-like performance. Uh, kind of just chucking the ball over the place and, you know, getting knocked down, running for his life, and uh, still making just third-down conversion after third-down conversion. Um, definitely, I think, you know, it was... They talked about the uh, his le- the leadership that he brings. I think that's what's the reason that he you know ended up getting the start. And uh, but the communication is still way off because yeah. it's so much different than what Florida State does. Right. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. LSU at Georgia. That was a shootout. Georgia favored by three, and that's what they won by three. So if you made that pick for Georgia in our predictions, even if it were a uh, an actual betting league, you know, no one would win, but because mm-hmm. you picked three for Georgia, you got got that pick. I'd say what I took away from that game is that, um, you know, Georgia, even without their best, basically their best player mm. and their running back, uh, was able to put up lots of points on what everyone thought was a pretty good defense. And um, have you heard how Gurley's doing? I haven't heard. No, I haven't heard anything about oh. him. And in Georgia's defense, I think you know you can say, "Oh, they gave up forty-one points." I think they're getting better 
every game. They're probably one of the youngest defenses in the country. Mm. And it's just like like we were saying at the beginning of the year, that defense was going to get better as the year went on. And the fact that they played so many good offenses already, um, it's it's really going to help them down the down the road. And, uh, you know, geez, the SEC is just full of really good quarterbacks. Yeah, oh that's really impressive. Oklahoma at Notre Dame, plus three and a half. Uh, the Sooners put it on the Irish there, 35-21. It really wasn't that close either. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's got a still got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say um, I think Oklahoma's defense is probably one of the better defenses out there. Just because it seems like we're having trouble finding the good defenses this year. Yeah, <laughs> with the way everyone's scoring. Um, but I'd say that that uh, that that defense. It's probably one of the better ones. There's, uh, you know, I, our offense isn't very good, but I'd say there was probably another reason that we couldn't move the ball against them. <laughs> mm. uh, Mississippi at Alabama minus fifteen and a half. Uh, that was starting to be a little close early, but wow, Mississippi, Ole Miss just fell off the wagon late. Uh, that got out of hand quickly, and Bama ended up winning twenty-five nothing. You know, Ole Miss was having some uh, some fourth down attempted conversions in the red zone. Got nothing. Try, they trying to get the touchdown to make it a close game, and that Bama defense held still. I like somebody made the like they said earlier in this week. It was like Alabama just set on Ole Miss. Mm. I mean, basically, that's what it looked like. They just kind of imposed their will defensively on them, and they could not do anything at all. I mean, every time they'd get down the red zone, it was just like, all right, this is over. Um, and Alabama didn't have to score tons of points to win. And everybody sa- everybody probably comes out of that saying, oh, well, they didn't score. It was a really impressive. Yeah. I- Alabama's still really good people. They are. <laughs> so. Watch out for them. Wisconsin at Ohio State, minus seven. Ohio State wins 31-24. Really, the difference of the game was uh, a last-second Hail Mary 40-yard touchdown in the first half. And, you know, Wisconsin was, you know, playing too soft a little bit. You know, they were expecting mm-hmm. to run just to run out the clock, and you know, Braxton Miller chucks it deep, and that wasn't even that close for coverage. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that... What did you notice that Braxton Miller ran a lot? Mm, yeah. Oh my! Like so much more than I was expecting. But I guess maybe because he has that other quarterback, he doesn't mind. Yeah. Because I mean, if he runs that much every game, he is going to get hurt. Oh yeah. It is no question. Um, it's just kind of strange. I don't know, especially coming back from injury. But, yeah, where uh, his knee got. Kind of messed up there. I, yeah. I guess they're just going to let him be Bryson Miller. Then He is a playmaker, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of playmakers, you got them all at Oregon, California at Oregon minus 36. I didn't expect California to have four turnovers, so I picked the Golden Bears, and Oregon ends up winning by 39, covering the 36. I was... Close one for the prediction because 36 is a lot, but Oregon's very, very good team. Yeah, and um, 
But I, I the definitely one of the messier games I've seen this year because it was just pouring in the rain, mm. and uh, so turnovers are probably more likely that way. But then uh, big story was uh, yeah, you know, Thomas, yeah, yeah, losing their best player. So that'll um, be interesting to see what what ha- I mean. They've got tons around him, but uh, definitely you know hurts to not have him. Right, they have depth, but. And it is a significant blow for a preseason Heisman hopeful. And finally, our extra point, since uh, my Michigan Wolverines were on a bye and West Virginia was in the pick six there, you got Florida State Seminoles at Boston College Eagles plus 21.5. Florida State almost fell into the trap game. But, you know, at halftime, you know, they pulled ahead, never really looked back. They won by 14, so Boston College would be the correct pick against the spread there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jameis Wilson's putting up a lot of points. Winston, I keep doing that. I keep doing that. <laughs> Jameis Winston, not Wilson. My name is Mr. Wilson, and I'm here to say, <laughs> get over here. Get out of here. <laughs> get over. Um, get yeah, here. I mean, it's kind of like that was it was like a, a trap game before a trap game. Yeah. In a way, because they got Maryland this week, and that clearly looks like a trap game. I think the fact that they had to work to win this game mm-hmm. is going to help them next week. I think they will be ready for that. What is it? Noon kickoff? Something yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I'd say they were definitely looking ahead two weeks yeah. <laughs> with their schedule. Um, you know, I, and, and we thought, because uh, didn't Boston College play USC earlier this year? We thought yeah. that... Um, we thought that, you know, it'd be easy, mm-hmm. but well, for sure. There you go. So I went three and four. Uh, I keep having a bad year on picks on both, you know, NFL and college this year. But you got five and two come bouncing back from a two and five weeks. So kudos. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that my team was able to get us <laughs> help us out. <laughs> on the NFL side of things, you had the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, and the Lions were favored by two and a half, and that. Score does not represent the blowout that this was. Oh yeah, uh, they Definitely. Detroit hung thirty points on Chicago in the first half, and that was a super impressive performance. Reggie now we'll Bush. see. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Bush makes a difference. I mean, he comes back from injury, and he gives that you know dynamic backfield that opens up, you know, the rest of the offense. So really impressive. They go to Green Bay next week. We'll talk about that in our pick six uh, soon. And what, what's a uh, Calvin at so far touchdowns wise? I would guess two. Oh, okay. Um, I can look that up quickly, though. That's okay. Well, I was just wondering, because we were, we were talking about this year, that would be a big thing, just like getting him, especially those red zone touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, because he, he had tons of yards last year, but just they couldn't find him in the end zone. I take that back. He's got double that. So he has 312 yards and four touchdowns. Definitely so. helping. That he offense. had five all of last year. Mm-hmm. Although he just sat out for the second straight day of practice with a resting a knee I'd injury, say I'd so. say definitely them not settling for field goals this year. That's a big thing. In the mount. When a lot of their games last year were close. And their defense looks great. Mm-hmm. Wow. The secondary is shit. It's terrible. Well, but if you, yeah, you need get pressure. It's a good front seven, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Who saw the Cleveland Browns? You know, beating the Cincinnati Bengals were a, a good team, seventeen to six. Yeah, a- after that trade, they are still doing well. Although 
I just had Tony TH, who's you know the biggest Browns fan in the Show Me News community, message me. He says, Hoyer! D-D-D-D colon. Super sad face. And I saw him doing the podcast now. What happened? He says, got laid out. Whedon in, three and out. Oh, no. So Cleveland's down 10 to nothing in the first, and they're back to Brandon Whedon after a Brian Hoyer injury. Oh, no. So. (laughs) Got a baseball player playing quarterback. The factory of sadness might just still continue. Uh. Yeah, the CLC Hawks go to the Houston Texans. Seattle favored by three. They were down by seven. (laughs) And now Houston fans are burning Matt Schaub's jersey because of a rollout pass to try to extend to a first down and run out the clock. Richard Sherman plays a tight coverage, picks it off, returns it for six, ties up the game. Seattle goes in overtime and kicks the field goal to win it. Yeah, that's uh, Seattle's secondary (laughs) won the game pretty much. Though considering the big Houston comebacks, like the karma had to bite them back. Yeah, they they can't they can't keep playing like that, and uh, you know they finally played a little bit better early and just collapsed. Dallas Cowboys went to San Diego. Uh, They were favored by one, but we both picked the Chargers to win, and they did thirty to twenty one. Philip Rivers throwing it all over the field. Yep, looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then New England at the Atlanta Falcons. It was a pick 'em. I thought Atlanta would, you know, being at home, it's a favorable position for them. But New England, even with you know Tom Brady and the not as many targets or quality targets, I should say, they they find a way to win. Yeah, you. I mean, you give him more practice time with people, and he could probably make any receiver look good. Mm-hmm. So. uh Sometimes, sometimes all you really need is a good quarterback, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean that's that's clearly the biggest weapon right there on that team, and uh, just playing enough defense too. Then the Miami Dolphins went on Monday Night Football to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints favored by six and a half. I had a gut feeling about the Dolphins, and that was way wrong. Uh, you should have gone with the Superdome. You know the fans there in New Orleans. Uh, and Saints won big, thirty-eight seventeen. I I blew that one. That's super dope. It's just eesh, you go in there on a Monday night and it's lights out for you. Yeah. So you kept things at five hundred, whereas I dripped, dropped to two and four on the week. Uh, the struggles continue. But let's try to turn around in the pick six for this mm-hmm. week in college football. We start as that you know, noon game you talked about, Maryland at Florida State minus fifteen and a half. I'm going to go with the Terps. I know they're on the road, and, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned that, you know, Florida State, it's another kind of trap game for them. But I have never really had Florida State reward my, you know, faith in them, picking them with the big point spreads, and 15.5 is, is sizable. I granted, they're probably possible to pull it off there, but Maryland, they're ranked in the top 25. They've been playing good football. I think they can keep it somewhat close, maybe even to 14 points. But I mostly just don't trust Florida State and you know them playing with a big spread. Yeah, I, I mean, it almost re- like I know they had a close game last week, and so they you know kind of woke up a little bit. But it does it not seem like this is one of those games that 
they might disappoint us again. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it, not my feeling. They, they built. I mean, it seems like it's so many years in a row now where they've built up expectations there so high that they're you know they're going to win the ACC every year. They're going to go to BCS game. They they want to go to national championship games, that kind of thing. But it seems like there's always one game. I don't know. And, and like, I almost feel like I almost want to pick Florida State just because I feel like after the Clemson game, like, I feel like maybe they'll go into that game, somehow win it, and then screw up. Mm. Um, I think this game's going to be close. I, I think, uh, I think their young quarterback is going to look like a young quarterback right. in this game. Um, because clearly I, I think the best thing on that Maryland team is their defense. Um, and I mean, they, you know, when we play them, they take advantage of turnovers. Um, and that sets up their offense. So I think that's what will keep them in this game. I don't know if they'll be able to move the ball too well up and down the field against Florida State's defense. I think that's where Florida State wins, but it's definitely going to be close. Mm-hmm. So you've got Maryland. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Clemson at Syracuse, plus 13.5 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Who do you have? Um, I got Clemson. Um, you know, I don't think that the magic of, you know, Syracuse's dome is is going to help a bad team, mm. which is what Syracuse is this year. Um, and Clemson, I, I think we're still... Some of the games Clemson's played against, you know, teams with not as much talent, the scores haven't really been as lopsided as we thought they would be. Um, two touchdowns. Yeah. I, I There's just too much. I mean, we've got a really, really good quarterback, and he's got lots of weapons. I, I don't see how they hold down that offense at all. If anything, that dome's going to make them faster. Um, and I yeah. think <laughs> or Syracuse is going to have a tough time dealing with that. Give me the Tigers. Georgia Bulldogs at Tennessee Volunteers plus 10. They got the dogs. I mean, yeah, the rough part of their <laughs> rough, 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 rough. Really rough. Part, part of their schedule because <laughs> they're dogs. Part of their schedule is over and you know, Tennessee is not playing good football this year. I think 10 is easy. Aaron Murray's going to throw it all over the field. Yeah, I can get give Ugga a bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that spread seems rather close. Doesn't yeah, it? A little bit. Especially I mean, considering SEC football. On well, the yeah, but I mean, considering the schedule that Georgia has played so far, you would think that that spread would be all, like 21 <laughs> or yeah. something. Especially after watching Tennessee play Florida, mm-hmm. I think, because... You know, while Florida has a really good defense, their offense is not good. <laughs> no. And Georgia's offense is one of the best by far. Um, I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's still plenty of weapons. You got a really good quarterback. Um, Tennessee can't keep up with Georgia in this game. And that, that defense gets better. I think it's getting better each week. Um, so, yeah, they can definitely cover 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona State versus Notre Dame plus five and a half. This is that 7.30 p.m. Eastern in Jerry Dome, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Neutral site. 
I'll take the Irish. I still like their line, and I know it's it's going to be tough against that Pac-12 offense, but yeah, I got a feeling about Notre Dame in this one, and I think Arizona State's coming off a bit of a letdown after that big blowout win. So give me the Irish. Probably in a close one. I think, yeah, I would, I would definitely, I think, take the Irish if it was anything over seven. Mm. I think. I think because uh, I don't really feel like Notre Dame has a home crowd advantage. No. I like. I don't really feel like. I never feel like they're in the game. Like that. Maybe the maybe it's just the mics aren't turned up loud enough, or because <laughs> I've never been there myself, but. Um, yeah, I, I I think uh, I think Arizona State has exactly what you need to beat Notre Dame, and that's have a quarterback that can just get the ball down the field. <laughs> mm. um, because I think you know I think they'll you know maybe struggle a little bit to run the ball, but uh, definitely be able to throw it all over the place. Um, you have Arizona they, State. They, yeah, they got that junior college transfer wide receiver who is just a monster, <laughs> mm. and uh, gonna have a lot of yards. So I, I've got the Arizona State on that pick for you. Ohio State at Northwestern plus seven at eight p.m. Eastern. It's the you know they're in Evanston for college game day. It's homecoming, big night game. And I'll take Northwestern to at least keep it close. Um, they've got so much writing on that game. You know, they're they're ranked, which is big for that program. Uh, and they're playing a big opponent on that national spotlight. I won't say they'll get the upset, but I think they'll keep it close. If Wisconsin was able to keep it to a, th- a touchdown... For Ohio State. And that was in Columbus. I think Ohio State on the road for the, like the first time this year, I think, against a you know, good opponent. Northwestern will keep it close. Like, give, me, give me the Wildcats. So so you're thinking like Ohio State marches down the field at the end of the game and just rips their hearts out. Yeah, yeah, in typical uh, Northwestern fashion. Yes. That's it's almost worse, I think. Yep. Um I I almost feel like after watching that game last week that um like it might have even been like a bigger it, it it wouldn't have even been as close if the other quarterback was playing for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Is that weird to think? I don't know. Just Depends, after watching you know, it, I think past you know. Well, Wisconsin I think is stronger up front, which would stop the run more. Mm-hmm. And if Kenny Guyton would just you know be throwing the ball downfield. That'd probably expose more of a weakness. So yeah, maybe, and maybe it was just based on their defense, Wisconsin's defense. Mm. Um, yeah, but um, I I just I feel like Ohio State just uh, like Northwestern is getting there. They've got a solid team this year, but they're clearly not as talented as Ohio State. And I feel like it's one of those things where you get into the third quarter, it might even be tied, but that fourth quarter just they wear Northwestern out mm. and, and that is where they cover at the end of the, even if it is marching down the field, still up by three and then they get like a busted run for a touchdown or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. No, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I'm taking Ohio state. 
See, this is where, ladies and gentlemen, I'm making the big picks sure to go wrong. Washington at Stanford, minus seven and a half. Who do you have? I've got Stanford just because if you look at Washington's, at least what I've seen of them, because I haven't watched too much of them, their weaknesses are what Stanford does well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, Washington, it, you know, at first that should be a really good game. I think, you know, both teams are really talented. Last year's game was a huge upset, like just kind of messed up everything everybody thought. Uh, about Stanford, but uh, Stanford this year is just too strong up front on both sides of the ball. And you got a quarterback who is getting better every time he goes out there. Mm. Um, I, I just think that Stanford's going to overwhelm Rush- Washington up front. They're going to start running the ball on them, and that that front four is just crazy good. <laughs> um and I don't think Washington will be able to handle the pressure they're putting on them. And if Washington can't run the ball, it's not going to be pretty at all. All of what you said, plus Stanford's at home. Give me the Cardinal. Uh, the extra point, if your team's on a bye or if your team is in those you know six slate of six games, uh, we've got Kansas State at Oklahoma State, minus 14. Now, we don't pick this because we have our Michigan and West Virginia games to pick since those are the teams we represent. Uh, under this format that we pick, you can find more at showmeyournews.com slash forum and the down sidelines forum. So Kansas State, Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma State wants to bounce back. Um, they do have a really strong offensive team when they can you know throw the ball effectively, which they weren't able to do really last week. Kansas State, not as good of a team. I think two touchdowns, Cowboys can cover that. Yeah, Kansas State lost to you know a, a good North Dakota State team. If anything, they played a really good North Dakota State team close, mm. I guess we could say. Um, but they also lost to Texas. And so uh, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Oklahoma State, um, you know, they made a lot of mistakes when we played them. Um, Very true. Yeah, and special teams, they, they were having trouble converting. Um, just, you know, not running the ball. When they run the ball, that's when their offense is really, really good. And I think they'll be able to run the ball against Kansas State. You know, open yeah. things up in play action. Uh, they'll be back at home, yeah. too. That'll help them. Definitely. I think they can. I think this is one of those games where their offense gets back in sync. Um, it, it had been a long time since, you know, they hadn't, what is it? They hadn't converted a red zone touchdown or something like that. Yep. So they'll definitely, definitely make up for that in this game. Mm-hmm. My extra point is Minnesota at Michigan, the Little Brown Jug game, one of the oldest trophy games. Uh, minus 19. Michigan's favored by 19. I don't think they deserve it. I, I know they're coming off the bye, and they had a lot of work to do, but close games against Akron and Connecticut. I see Michigan winning, you know, maybe by a couple, excuse me, a couple touchdowns. I don't think they're worthy of a 19-point spread against Minnesota, so I'm taking the Gophers. Um, I guess this is kind of where we find out, like, what can Brady do, um, you know, with a bye week? Mm-hmm. What exactly, you know, can can he, you know, fix this offense? Mm-hmm. Because that's clearly the problem. I don't think there's anything wrong with their defense. No. 
I think it's perfectly They could get fine. more pressure, but... Yeah, but I mean, it's perfectly fine for their schedule and what they have and the opponents that they have. I, I think it'll work. Um, and they won't, you know, have to score tons and tons of points to win games, but they... It, it needs to be better than this, and they need to fix their turnover problem. Yeah, they, that's the they really do. Um, they are undefeated at home, though, under Brady Hoke, though. Yeah, so they're not um, I think you know this is kind of where they um, at least show improvement on offense. And I think with their defense, I think being able to get some pressure, um, I, I'll say at home, yeah, they definitely cover that. Interesting. What do you have here, game? Um, I think uh, if you look at Baylor's schedule so far, it is West um, Virginia at Baylor minus twenty-eight. Yes, well, yeah. Yep. Um, you know they've almost put up seventy points in all three games that they played. I, they put up sixty-nine in one game. Um, but what you have to do is you have to look at their schedule, and they have not played anybody at all. Um. Probably the weakest schedule of all the Big 12 teams so far. Um, and I think, uh, I really do think that our defense will show that, um, which is, gosh, I still can't believe I'm saying that. But after, you know, after last week, you know, Oklahoma State has a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they like to run tempo, not, not like Baylor does. Baylor wants to go faster than Oregon. Like, that's kind of their coach's mentality and his philosophy. Um, and But I do think that they will be challenged by our defense because our defense sees that kind of tempo in practice every week. Mm. Um, I don't think that they cover that spread. I'm not necessarily saying that we're going to win the game, but four touchdowns is a lot against the first test they're going to have all year. I it is. It is. They're making a lot of Baylor's defense this year, but they still they haven't played anyone, so we don't know about their defense. I'll just take one more week of solace and being confident in my uh, my Baylor for the Big Twelve champion pick. So that that'll last for only so long. Uh, let's get to the NFL quickly here. We got six games for the Week Five of the NFL. Start with the Seattle Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll still take the Seahawks. I think they're still too good of a team. Indianapolis has made big strides. They are a good team competing for that AFC South, uh, you know, title. But ah, give me the Seahawks. They they bounced back in a big way last week when they were under pressure on the road, and that was huge for them. Yeah. Well, the way that I kind of look at this is they they finally get Bruce Irvin back. Uh, um, so doesn't time because they have one of their defensive ends. I think Clemens, yeah. injured. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they'll you know be able to provide more pressure on the quarterback this week. And you know if you don't give Andrew Luck enough time, um, I, I think that's really going to hurt them. Uh, and and Seattle's secondary is really what makes that defense so good um, mm. because they can they can cover like anybody one on one. Um, but yeah, I, I think Seattle's still just a better overall team than Indianapolis. We, who knows? We could be surprised because Indianapolis already kind of surprised a few people this earlier this year. This is true. And the NFL is a strange, strange league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at New York Giants minus one. Who do you have? I got Philadelphia just because they've got one of the better offenses statistically in the league. 
And um, Giants have one of the worst defenses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I'm taking them. Yeah, I people know that I have a bad thing about picking the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's a new day. Chip Kelly, that offense, the terrible defense, just like you said. And the Giants are right now just too prone to turning the ball over. 16 turnovers in four that's games? Crazy. Are you kidding? Like that's crazy. So, you know, give me give me the Eagles in that one. Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers minus seven and a half. This is a tough one for me. <laughs> I think Detroit is a better team right now than they were in 2011 when they started out five and zero and they made the playoffs for the first time in a long, long time. But I think it's been 22 years since they've won in Green Bay. And when you consider that's a division opponent that you face every year and you go to Lambeau Field every year to not win since like 1991, uh, that's embarrassing. So I'd like to say that they keep it close and Green Bay loses, but Aaron Rodgers is going to find some way to dice that secondary apart. And I'm chugging that up as a a loss for Detroit. And give me Green Bay to cover the the 7.5. Yeah, I mean... Uh, especially when it's a division opponent, that's where like your weaknesses are really exposed. I think mm-hmm. um, very well could be a, a shootout. It could be, game, which would be a lot of fun to watch. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think, uh, see, that's seven and a half. Um, I think I'm still going to take Green Bay. At ho- it seems like at home. You know, they just, they love the Lambo leap. <laughs> so they, they score do. lots of points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if your secondary is having trouble, this is like one of the teams you don't want to play. Yep. <laughs> because they will find some way to throw for 400 yards on you. Hmm. Um, or have Matt Flynn throw for like six touchdowns, then get traded to a couple teams and he doesn't start. <laughs> yeah. That's Detroit um, for you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just think at home. I I think if this was at Detroit, it might be a little different story. But the uh, fact that it's there, definitely go with Green Bay. They you know lost to Arizona already on the road, so there you go. Carolina Panthers at Arizona Cardinals. Those Arizona Cardinals. Panthers favored by one point. Who do you have in this one? I've got uh, Carolina for that defense. Mm. I think it still looks like. You know, overall, one of the most solid units. Um, and I think they can make enough plays on offense against Arizona's defense to pull this out. All they got to do is win. As, Cam, as long as Cam Newton doesn't test Patrick Peterson, I think the Panthers will be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, that defense, and they've got enough playmakers on offense. I got the Panthers as well winning this one. Houston Texans at San Francisco 49ers, minus six and a half. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, that's the Sunday night football game. Give me the Niners. Um, I think Houston is crushed after last week's game. And now you're going to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, San Francisco has had a little bit of a rough start to the season. And you had to go to Seattle. That's always a tough place to play. And bouncing back against uh, St. Louis, a team that beat them twice last year. Mm-hmm. Or at least it was like one tie and one one loss, but they didn't beat St. Louis last year, and they you know handled them pretty solidly on that last Thursday night game. So I'll take the 49ers by a touchdown, which would cover the six and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take San Francisco because uh, of their defense, um, and uh, 
Because I think Houston, uh, you know, probably defensively won't be able to stop San Francisco mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, win by a touchdown at home. Kaepernick, run away sound, from TJ Watt. Yeah, it doesn't sound that doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. Just Kaepernick's got to run away from JJ Watt. That's all. Yeah. Under so, the run of the weak side. New York Jets at Atlanta Falcons minus ten and a half on Monday Night Football. Ooh. Do you believe in the Jets? The J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Hmm. I mean, it's ten and a half. It's at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the difference there. I think if it was ten and a half at New York, maybe I might take the Jets. Uh, I I think Atlanta's going to fix whatever problems they had in the secondary, mm-hmm. and it's probably easier to do that against the Jets and like the Bills and those kind of teams right, right now with the young quarterbacks. So, uh, and and I I I have questions about some of the points of I think the Jets defensively haven't really played too many talented offensive teams, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Atlanta writes the ship a little bit. And one and three for the Falcons is shocking, especially when we were making our predictions at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But we could say that about a lot of teams with their records. Um, the J- the Jets have a you know solid defensive front, but the secondary is struggling a little bit. D. Milner is not playing as well as they were expecting him to. And when you have a bit of a struggling secondary, that's when the Falcons are going to throw all over the place. Yep. Just just everywhere. So I'll give them to cover the ten and a half as well. That kind of wraps things up for what we're talking about. I know I'm, I'm just tired going through all of it. It's a lot to cover. Yeah. Um, anything else from the sports world that you're looking forward to catching this week? Well, you know, we got to watch some baseball. They got to get ready for some hockey. We got more football. We got basketball starting. Oh, wow. What in the world? It's just a good time for sports right now. Lots of stuff to watch. It really is. Brian Hoyer, by the way, update a right knee injury for Brian oh, Hoyer. Oh, boy. Um, speaking of hockey, you know, starting, you already have the uh, the new Colorado Avalanche coach, mm-hmm. Patrick Waugh, making a scene, <laughs> wanting to fight Bruce Boudreaux what? of the Ducks at the end of the game. Have you seen that clip? No, I haven't seen it yet. He gets really pissed off because, you know, there was some kind of cheap shot, like a knee-to-knee contact with one of their best players, uh, you know, number one overall pick, Nathan McKinnon from a few years ago. And uh, then he sent some, you know, goons on the ice at the end trying to, you know, start something. Some Ducks players took exception to it. And Patrick Waugh got lit up, heated on the bench. You know, tried to push over the stanchion between the benches the glass divider, like uh, onto the ducks bench, and oh, it's, it's a sight. That's a way to make things. An things to talk. Things to talk about. <laughs> hey, that got the crowd more fired up in Colorado than it has in years. I'm sure the fans loved it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, they're still trying to see if they can work out fighting out of the game. Which that I think that's a mistake. Uh, it's one of the more fun parts of the video game. <laughs> <laughs> the video game, sure, yes. Just the sport in general, really. Yeah, but it's great to have hockey back. You know, playoff Definitely. baseball is you now some of the times that like I can sit down and watch a whole baseball game is when it's playoff baseball and it matters. It does. Well, it's exciting. October. Anyway, with that, 
I am Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one.